When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about a discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Egan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm doing great. Fresh off the heels of a live couple live games. That's right. With you, I had a little uh, MCP meetup this weekend. It was awesome. A full on round robin. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was. It was very fun. Uh, learned a lot. Played a played Spider Foes for the first time. Yep. Should come as no surprise to you after dark people. Sure. People have access sure, to that sure. feed, but yeah, you played Spider Foes the first time and. Uh, I finally got X-Men Red on the actual in-person table. Oh, yeah. The full the full team this time. Rather than the half X-Men Red, half X-Men Gold I had at first for some time, which was still great, but switching fully to Red and just kind of playing a different play style than I normally play is really fun for a little bit. Now, for not all of our listeners will be clued into what X-Men Red means. Could you explain a little bit there, Jesse? Absolutely. The first thing I'll explain is Omnis on his Omnis protocol feed has an episode about this very recently that just came out explaining the inception of the idea of X-Men Red and how a lot of us in the X-Men community that are part of that MCP discord, the the greater discord kind of had interesting ideas with Red Guardian and Red Skull and all kind of at the same time. Isn't that funny how that happens? But we all had different iterations of the list. Mine was kind of more my traditional gold team. Sure. But with Red Guardian, because Red Guardian won my gold team the second he was revealed. That guy is awesome. 
That guy's awesome. He's a perfect Excellent fit for gold team. Fits that yeah. team very, very well. Yeah. And then I finally got my hands on Red Skull in person and he went in the list. And that's where the name kind of sprouted from. Uh, Omnis was talking about where it's like you're playing Red Guardian, you're playing Red Skull, and you're also playing Colossus. And Colossus in his tr- traditional 92 suit, a lot of red on that suit. You know, well, mainly. and you know, a character with origins in the in, in red Russia, you know, that makes a lot of sense there as well. And now where this gets a little bit confusing, Gene is not in this list because in the canon of x-men before his reset in recent years gene did lead the x-men red team right i got really excited the first time you mentioned the idea this i Mm -hmm. this x-men idea to me because i thought it was this gene centric x-men and Mm -hmm. i was wrong and that's okay because this version of x-men red is really cool uh i am kind of i am kind of surprised there's no crimson dynamo making an appearance but more red yeah well and he's just really good he is really good. And I think it's the classic tale as old as time, Chris, for X-Men. Fours are just hard for them to rock. And especially yeah. in this version of the list, when you're bringing Red Skull, most, if not every game, and he's a five threat model. And X-Men already struggled bringing four threat models in with the nature of their staying affiliated and how things work for them. And you've got Rogue and Colossus in the list. So then it's like the four threat slots are just filled, you know? And yeah. But yeah, I've been testing X-Men Red a lot. It's been a blast. I'm going to be testing it a lot more in the coming weeks. But also shout out to Ghost Bear on the Patreon Discord, who's been an awesome TTS opponent, helping me in my early stages of testing as well. But I highly recommend checking out that Omnis episode. But the, the biggest basis of the list, why it's so different from gold, you're really only using the gold leadership to get the most movement out of Red Skull. You're not using the gold leadership in the typical way as a flexible, fluid objective moving with your opponent in this dance you have with objectives in the normal gold, right? Where you're kind of like t- right. every round, you don't know who's going to hop necessarily. You know, you're, you're planning a different X-Men red. The hops are almost exclusively reserved for red skull or maybe even a Colossus to get him in a good bodyguard range and stuff like that. And the list is just a fun attrition X-Men list that is enabling red skull to double attack every turn with his gauntlets. If he needs to take damage to do that every turn, that's fine. He'll do it. And then he double attacks with two attacks that count blanks. And on top of that, he has grunts that he can X-Men hop off as well. So there's a lot of moving parts that just enable him in that list. And then meanwhile, you're kind of doing some normal X-Men things with the rest of your team, but mainly you're just trying to keep Red Skull alive. So it's really fun. It's a very different type of play style because X-Men's got a lot of cool, like people doing little solo engagements and winning the objective, Mm -hmm. like through little means. And this is not this, this is like giant Protoss ball, like Starcraft thing where you're like protecting the centerpiece, which is Red Skull and everyone's kind of going with him. Everybody's taking hits for him. Everybody's giving what they can to him. Storm staying alive all game. So he he can have cover all game, things like that. You can never lose Storm either. And hopefully he's going to win you the attrition war in the end. And uh, if you have average dice on him, he probably will. If you don't have average dice on him, maybe not. So it's, um, it's really fun. I also really like the theme of the lightning on his sculpt. And of course, Storm with her lightning on her I mean, sculpt. It, his it's his kind sculpt of connective is connective tissue. Really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, his sculpt is actually genuinely like excellent. Like one of the better sculpts recent time. And I think there's a lot of fun you can have with X-Men Red with that shell. You can add your own three threats and stuff on the side, give your own flair. And this is probably something I'll be talking about soon with 
Chris on After Dark and maybe Omnis in the future. So stay tuned for that. But it's really fun doing that in person and on TTS, Chris. And you're fully on spider Foes now, and we're going to cover them more in After Dark in particular, and probably more in the new year when we get more spider Foes content, which you know I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm fully on spider Foes. I'm going to be playing them for the next month or two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the when the additions to the team, you know, ship and, and come out and we've got looks at them, you know, then I'll make a decision on on what I want to do. And and there'll be more on After Dark about possible affiliations for me to try out next. Just kind of in this uh, exploration mode at the moment. It's a good place to be. But yeah, it's been a really fun time lately and like where we've been because it's it is this low in the game this time of year. And it's, it's fun for us to even be getting spoilers at all or for us to be getting in-person games. So more on that on, the, of course, this main feed and of course on the Patreon After Dark feed. But Chris, we're not talking about Spider-Foes today. We're not talking about X-Men Red today. We're actually having a normal show format today because yes, the last two episodes, we did have a news update covering the Blob and Pyro, covering Logan the Wolverine and Sabretooth the Apex Predator and Weapon X. So we're back in our normal format today covering a single character in their lore and strategy. And that character is Black Cat. Dun, dun, dun. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to Discount Games, Inc. for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and joining our Discord community. We take the time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we have a very special shout out to a longtime friend of the show. One of Tulsa's finest rappers, Doc Free. What's up, Scotty? Thank you, Doc Free. Of course, Chris, we cannot do this show without our Avenger-level producers. That's Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, and Jason. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much, patrons. And of course, Chris, we're going to use this time to announce a new sponsor of the show, um, someone I'm very passionate about working with, someone who's been very good to us here on the show. That's Mr. Laser. So Mr. Laser's website is mr-laser.square.site. But I can, of course, link it in the show notes. Also, if you type in Mr. Laser shop, you'll find it on Etsy and on his official page. But we're going to get to more on this in the future on a product review episode very soon. But Mr. Laser did a X-Men tray for me. And now he has these trays out in the community, out and about. You can buy them on Etsy. They are magnetized trays that hold so many models for all your transformation, all your grunt needs. Maybe you're bringing two lists to a gaming night. Probably can fit on a tray, two lists worth of models if you do it right. And those are on his website. But also we're announcing that he's going to be a sponsor of the show as well. And his website also sells Marvel Crisis Protocol products, and he's a local store. So just like Discount Games Inc., we're wanting to support another local store. And we recommend if you want to get some discounted MCP from him, and I'll link it in the show notes, and we'll talk about him in the future. But this is kind of like the full spiel, right, Chris? And Chris, you've seen my tray. I have. I'm jealous of it. Yeah, a couple of our locals have actually bought these trays as well, which has been fun. My favorite part about his trays, Chris, is that it's two colors, and you can choose both colors of your liking. So even though I started out with red and yellow, I've gotten additional pieces of the tray to switch out. So like you can take off like the yellow part and replace it with now blue, right? And now you have a Web Warriors colored tray, for instance. That is very up your alley, my friend. It is, you know, it's 
enhance your enjoyment of the game in any way, I'm all about it. You know, it's the truth. Aesthetics on top of organization are like you're speaking my love language here because it's like if I can make it easier to play and cleaner to play, but also I can kind of personalize it in some sort of way. Mr. Laser is the person to go to. But Chris, that's all of our business this week. And I think we got to get into Black Cat lore. We absolutely do, Jesse. Today we are talking about none other than Felicia Hardy, everyone's favorite model in the game that is in no way busted at all. But that's not for me to talk (laughs) about, Jesse. That's for you to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is who is the black cat. So you threw me for a loop there because I thought you were about to make some sort of uh, everyone's favorite cat uh-uh i'm superhero. not superhero superhero you just i'm not doing it. it yeah cat lady superhero no i mean look there's the obvious comparisons between her and, and selena Catwoman. kyle yeah. yeah and they're both Clearly. amazing characters they really are but i mean past the obvious the, the couple of obvious things they're very different <laughs> i'm glad you said couple because those couples are very big ones they're pretty big know? number one the them both being a master cat burglar Cat-themed cat burglars, yeah, big time. Yeah, it's a big thing, yeah. Anyway, let's sidetrack. Sorry, everybody. Love it. How are we going to characterize Felicia Hardy? She is a greedy, vengeful, cynical person. She is an anti-villain. She is a crime boss. She's a jealous ex-lover spurned. I don't know. She's an interesting character. She's been around for a long time, and she's been very central for a long time she's had her own books i don't know i think she's pretty cool felicia hardy's first appearance would be in july of 1979 in the amazing spider-man number 194 she was created by marv wolfman and dave cockrum a couple of names we've talked about before Mm -hmm. and jesse she's got some powers we need to talk about real quick she is not always been a powered character and yeah her powers have changed would while she has been a powered character but she is at her core an extremely gifted athlete highly trained in hand-to-hand combat gymnastics i don't know parkour all of it cat burglary by the best cat burglars in the world but she did acquire some powers her bad luck powers being most often associated with her. And those powers have gone with varying degrees of control, varying degrees of severity. But basically, she just gives her enemies around her bad luck. And I think those who have feelings for her was the initial wording or something like that. Anyway, it's described as an aura a few times. She will lose those powers eventually Mm -hmm. and she will gain super speed strength balance claws all the fun stuff and then we've had you know varying degrees of combinations of these things uh, a few times but the coolest of course is cybernetic claws and bad luck powers obviously obviously all right jesse let's get into her lore and kind of what she means to marvel felicia hardy was born to Walter Hardy, a world-renowned cat burglar. He instilled in her this idea uh, of not being held back based on her being a woman. If she wanted to do something, I think the example given is if, if she loved basketball, she should be playing basketball, not trying to be a cheerleader at the basketball games. And this really, really stuck out 
too young Felicia. Felicia had a few defining moments in her life before adopting the costume. And the first being a uh, an attempted uh, sexual assault by someone being broken up by a young man who would become very close friends with her, but would go on to sexually assault her himself. And this would really, really spurn Felicia into training and really, really getting in peak athletic form, learning how to box hand-to-hand. She had every intention of killing this man for what he had done to her. But the night she went to exact her revenge, she couldn't find him and would later learn that he had died in a drunk driving accident earlier in the evening. Surely he was the drunk driver, surely, right, in this story. I mean, you know, he was out with friends. So, of course, these events would really, really affect anybody. Mm-hmm. And they, and naturally, they did. After this, Felicia would kind of embrace being a cat burglar because she's now, you know, peak physical condition. She already knows how to be a cat burglar. She's learned from the best in the world. Yeah. And would eventually be taught by the man that taught her father, the Black Fox. Sounding very Electra-esque, Chris. <laughs> some of this. Hey, man, there are some tropes in superhero comics that you're just not going to get away from. Sure. It's okay. So it's just okay. learn to appreciate uh, the cool, interesting names for these Z-list characters and these Love interesting it. character designs that you'll see once or twice unless... Some writer 40 years later has a weird idea to use them. Which is great. It is great. It's part of the fun. So Felicia's first caper as the black cat would be springing her good old pops from jail. This is also the night she would meet Spider-Man, the night of her first appearance in comics. And wouldn't you know it, Jesse? Black cat had a thing for old Spidey. That's right. Right away. This is where it begins. This is where it would begin. This, of course, this relationship would be one that would grow to define Peter Parker as a character, along with his relationship with Mary Jane. The two, Felicia and Mary, those two being enemies, Felicia being obsessed with Mary Jane, trying to kill her for a while, trying to break up her and Peter's relationship. Soap opera, love triangle stuff. A lot of stuff. And, you know, one of my kind of gripes with black cat is her characterization early and I, I don't think it's really ever completely gone away and that's that's okay but you know her entire kind of being revolved around spider-man and her her want of spider-man or her hatred of spider-man just never really any independence from that uh, all you know kind of her whole life the whole life of black cat her costumed identity was through this lens of Spider-Man. And you know, she's she deserves more than being a superhero's love interest to me. I think she's a much more interesting and rich character than that. But it would be this pursuit of Spider-Man that would drive her to seek superpowers. Her lack of superpowers would be the focal point for which her kind of self-hatred would manifest. She's been through these horrible traumatic events that would just absolutely destroy anyone's self-esteem. And not feeling good enough is kind of exactly what you would expect from, from someone in this position. 
and the fact that Spider-Man had superpowers and had to rescue her a couple of times because she lacked that super strength, super durability, whatnot, like I said, was the lens in which all of this was focused. So this just drive for or against Peter Parker that she had would drive her to seek out the same kind of deal that would get the Scorpion powers. One of the great character designs that I can't wait to see what Atomic Mass cooks up as far as sculpts goes. Anyway, unbeknownst to her, the head of this whole operation giving these designer superpowers is the kingpin, Wilson Fisk himself. So he gave her kind of kind of a monkey's paw uh, thing here. She got superpowers. This would be the original incarnation of her superpowers, the bad luck aura. And this bad luck aura, of course, would transfer to her enemies. But also, she is, you know, Spider-Man's lover at this point. They are a couple. And this bad luck aura is given to her by Fisk to get to Spider-Man. So once again, her entire life is revolving around Peter. And this aura would be what would break the relationship up because Spider-Man is now just having bad luck all the time. Uh, He was around her so much that he had taken on his own bad luck aura that would affect him. Unlike hers, hers did not affect her, of course. So to get rid of this aura, eventually Peter would seek out Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange would remove it. But of course, if you listen to our Dr. Strange episode, you will understand that magic often has a price. And the price here was Felicia gained super strength, super speed, super Mm -hmm. balance. I don't know really what that means. Meta human. (laughs) She became full on meta human. This is my favorite era of Black Cat is super strength Black Cat. I just think it's cool. That's it. But also, it's, I mean, that's that's what was in the cartoon, right? The yeah. 90s, 90s Spider-Man cartoon that we all grew she up on. She at least had the balance and some of the other aspects for sure. Yeah. Well, and she, she would do the like getting bigger thing and have the transformation deal. That was interesting. <laughs> this is when she would first gain the retractable claws too. That's, I don't know. It's cool. She's, it she's cool. very deadly. It's, it's interesting. I don't know. So from here, so now we're getting more into the 90s. Felicia is going to start getting a little more autonomy as far as things go. She's going to start dating Flash Thompson initially to as a way to get at Peter, but would eventually grow to genuinely care for Flash. Of course, that's not going to work out. She would play a part in the Civil War. Uh, This is when she's going to kind of play around being, she's always been kind of an anti-villain, kind of dabbling with the the hero villain thing, just like Catwoman does uh, in DC with Batman. So I, I think that's the other obvious, aside from the other obvious. And then the love interest with the Batman pastiche being Spider-Man. We talked about that before too. Yep. Uh, She would develop a relationship with Daredevil, but would eventually backstab. This is the kind of thing. She's either backstabbing someone emotionally, like manipulating someone or being emotionally manipulated. It feels Mm -hmm. like it's, uh, it's just, it's a rough, rough existence. Eventually she's going to become a minor crime boss, this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite eras of her stories. Kingpin War, 
major part there. Venom Inc., she will be one of the major inklings. And uh, the last story I want to touch on today with Black Cat is one we have talked about a little bit before. And it is the Hunted storyline with Craven passing on the mantle to his clone son that had killed, what was it, 99 other clone sons? Just a horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible thing. She would be absolutely instrumental in making sure that Lizard's son, Billy, was not killed. She saved him. She helped save Lizard. She helped save the whole of all of these costumed folks, uh, including Spider-Man, mostly villains. But I think this is a really great story to read. I recommended it with the Craven episode. Uh, I'll recommend it again. This hunted storyline in regards to Felicia really illustrates that deep down she does have a heart of gold. Sometimes she gets, she's going to do the right thing, but she might commit a few crimes along the way. Her morals are a little looser when it comes to theft and power and things like that. But at the end of the day, she's not always the cold hearted murderer that maybe she acted like in the past i don't know i think she's a very interesting character no i I agree completely i mean you talked about some of the cons of her being brought into spider-man's story right and the means that is done but there's also some pros there chris and and i think the biggest most obvious pro is how different of people her and peter parker are and how that kind of they play off of each other in that way and they it's very much an opposites attract thing let's start there but it's also a balancing act at times you know, there's times where Felicia is this anti-hero, the good character. Her and Peter Parker, they get stuff done as a team because they are kind of they like do. a good balance of each other, uh, their superpowers, with their personalities, with their approaches to missions, right? Sure. Inherently, though, that's a toxic relationship because it is Felicia. Felicia has no interest in Peter Parker for the most part through the majority of uh, of their interactions in Marvel Comics. She does not care for Peter Parker. She only has eyes for Spider-Man. She does not understand why Peter wants a normal life, needs a normal life, why he just isn't Spider-Man and leveraging his powers to become rich and powerful. I can't say I don't disagree with her, uh, but, you know, that's for Peter to answer, not me. A lot of good Peter questions. Yeah. But I think that's just, a, I think that's the most interesting part of, of course, their relationship and why it exists, you know? So Right. There's some other fun themes that, mm-hmm. that I didn't really touch on. Her her relationship with Mary Jane is pretty interesting and gets to be uh, in a cool spot eventually. And uh, she's yeah. done a lot of things since the Hunted storyline. She was a major player in, in quite a few things. I'm, maybe we'll talk about them at some point on this podcast, but we do not have all day to cover the lore of the character, Jesse. No, no, no. We have to talk in the MCU. Well, this is an interesting and easy one, Chris. She's not in the modern MCU, but she is in the MCU at large because, spoiler alert, Spider-Man No Way Home made the Amazing Spider-Man canon. Black Cat is in the Amazing Spider-Man movie. That's, of course, Andrew's Spider-Man movie. But she's not in the suit. She's not Black Cat. She's Felicia working at Oscorp, which I think is a nice little nod, touch. She actually is a character with a lot of speaking parts and a lot of lines and plays a part in the story, but... She is not the black cat yet that we know, you know, 
the fun thing, the fun full circle thing for me is she's played by Felicity Jones, who of course plays Jin Erso in Rogue One, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things like they didn't have to put her in the movie, but they did. You know, it's a nod. And obviously they probably had more plans with her, but then that series stopped. So it's one of those things like, you know, we might get another Andrew movie and Felicity might come back. She's older now. She's more experienced actress and she could don the suit in that universe. But at the same time, we also could get someone cast as black cat in the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe as well. And I see that just as likely, you know, so time will tell, but that's all we have a black cat in the MCU as of right now when we're recording this episode. But Chris, we got to close out our lore like we always do with a black cat comic book recommendation. I have a couple for you. A couple of fun ones, actually. Mm -hmm. The first one being The Evil That Men Do. It's a six-part miniseries written by Kevin Smith. It's fun. Kevin Smith. Yeah. The second one, this is the funnest, is a series by the name of Claws. This is going to be a black cat and wolverine team up on a, you know, deserted island that is uh, full of things trying to kill them. Very, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting curveball here, Chris. No, it's it's not bad. No, it's just cool. Yes, it's different. Yeah. Also, too, you know, the Catwoman similarities continue, but in a lot of these universes and a lot of these comic storylines, she has some pet cats or she picks up stray cats along the way on her heist or she adopts them mm-hmm. <laughs> just like Catwoman. So. Well, that's that is not an uncommon trait in humans. Just gonna say. Oh, of course not. Yeah, I have one last one, Jesse. Just two, just a little two issue crossover here. It's just a real fun little thing. Okay, it's going to be Amazing Spider-Man number six seventy-seven and Daredevil number eight. I think volume three. But don't quote me on that. Anyway, it's going. It's it's a little crossover thing. It's called Devil in the Details. It's okay. uh, about a heartbroken Peter Parker trying to get Black Cat to go on a date with him. Just a fun little, fun little two issue uh, slice of life ish type thing. Awesome, good stuff. Well, Felicia Hardy, she's a very cool character and obviously a major player in Marvel Crisis Protocol. And we're going to talk about that today. Right now, we're going to go to strategy. Her name is Black Cat, and her alter ego is Felicia Hardy. She's a three threat character. On her healthy side, she has a stamina of five, a move of long on a small base, a size of two, and her defenses are three across the board, three physical, three energy, three mystic. And on her injured side, Chris, she also has five stamina, putting her at a 10. She's an average across the board, except that long move is a little above average, as we know. I love a long mover. Yep. You've been saying it since the first episodes of this show, and you and I were just playing demos of this game and just shocked at what Zemo could do with long move and charge. You oh know? yeah. And it's it's just been still consistent am. since. Yeah, still still am. But we gotta get to Black Cat's card because oh, yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. some pretty cool stuff on it. Yeah, you don't say. Jesse, her first attack is a physical attack. It is cat claws. Range of two, strength of four, power cost of zero. After the attack is resolved, Black Cat gains power equal to the damage dealt. And on wilds, you will trigger a pierce. Change one of the defending characters' critical wild or defense results to a blank. Yeah, it's solid. Four dice, not great. Yep, it's fine. We know four dice strikes are just the worst, and they're really rare. They're just really rare. 
in the game. Typically, I mean, you've got the pierce that helps get some damage through and some power built, which is not if you get lucky. Yeah, Yeah. but you have to get lucky for it. We say lucky because it's like smarter people than us have done math in this game, but chance to get pierce on five dice is much higher than four dice. And it's not just an it's not just a addition of a one dice sort of math. Yeah, it's kind of wild. There's a lot of other stuff with crits and stuff involved that make it much more likely. So you're not going to do this a lot with her. And we'll get to more, more reasons why later. Her second and final attack is a physical attack called Troublemaker. It's a range three attack for a strength of six and a power cost of two. If this attack would deal one or more damage, it deals one instead. So very much very evocative of Shuri from the early days of the game. And after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition automatically. And then if you get a wild, you will trigger elusive. This is evocative of Black Widow's card from the early days. After the attack is resolved, Black Cat may advance short. And that's any direction. Advance any direction. So this is a really cool strike, Chris, that it's interesting. It's a spender that doesn't deal damage. You know, it's a spender that has one job and one job only. That's to dump a stagger on a model who is hopefully higher threat than Felicia. Stagger is huge. I will pay two for an auto stagger any day. You're really just rolling the dice to see if you get elusive or not. Yeah. I mean, it might as well just be a superpower. Well, it shouldn't be a superpower because it would not take an action then. <laughs> I mean, that's, yes. you could make it. You could make it take an action. You could. You could. But I do like that it deals a damage. And then it's just like a little, it's just her sneaking up on somebody and doing that little knockout, you know, and they're, they're kind of dazed for a minute, quite literally dazed, seeing stars. And then she hopefully elusives away, like you said, but the range right. three is nice. That's probably the best part paired with an elusive paired with some other things we're going to get to yep. in a bit. It really helps her get a little bit more mobility. And that leads us to her superpowers, which is the bread and butter of her kit. And for a character so strong in the game right now, and so good in a lot of teams, it's interesting. She only has two attacks and then she only has a couple superpowers, but they, she's a simple character at heart, but the way you play her and some of their play patterns with her is whereas more of this shows up more of the complexity and things. So her first superpower is an active superpower called it's called grappling hook. It costs two. place black cat within range two of her current position. This can only be used once per turn. So this in conjunction with two long moves, you really can reposition certain places on the board that your opponent might not have been expecting. Her level of mobility is very, very high. Jesse, her next superpower is really where we're going to hit the trouble, right? It is an active <laughs> superpower. It is Master Cat Burglar. It will cost you three power. Choose an enemy character within range one of Black Cat. Move one asset or civilian token. The chosen character is holding to Black Cat. Black Cat is now holding that token. Black Cat may not hold more tokens than the crisis specifies. There are no triggers here. The nope. You just have to be within range one of someone, which is very easy to do with this character. Yeah. And there is little counterplay. It's very good. Yeah, it's tough. And we're going to approach this episode like we normally do our episodes. This is not a meta counter or anything, but there is a state of the game right now where Black Hat is, is doing really well. And a big part of that is because the current state of her card right now, and this could change, you know, after we do this episode. So keep in mind if you're listening way in the future, but this only costs three. 
and it doesn't take an action. So I could potentially see one of those things changing in the future, Chris, the cost going higher or changing it to an action or something. Absolutely. And then she's probably a very balanced character, but this is tough because I think the best part of the superpower is not so much the superpower. It's if you don't kill her, but you came close to killing her, you definitely gave her three power. <laughs> and what's she going to do now? You know? Right. So it puts you in this state of fear with her where you're like, well, am I gonna, am I going to get average dice or spiky dice and daze her or take her off the table? Or am I just going to give her just enough and she's going to like grappling hook, steal from me, double long move, you know, which keep in mind, I have no complaints on the theme here. That's the most black hat thing I've ever heard that she almost dies. <laughs> then she grappling hooks to you, steals something from you and then double long moves out of there. You can't catch her, right? That's great. That is great. I mean, it's it is thematic it's too, you know. Yeah, she can't lose a superpower. Like it's got to stay. Right. Something probably will change it in the future on the way of the ban and restricted list or something, or maybe a new card. But you know, this is the bread and butter of her, of her kit. What we were talking about, Chris, where it's like grappling hook is awesome, but a lot of time you're not doing it because you're saving for a master cat burglar, right? You know? So that's something to think about too. Just like troublemaker is awesome. Yep. Stagger is incredible, especially on your Hulks, your She-Hulks, your Malekiths. Oh, yeah. Massive. Absolutely massive. Your Red Skulls. Almost Hydra, makes yeah. a character like Juggernaut just might as well not be there. It's pretty good. Just yeah, neuters just, him. But just keep staggering. I mean, you did just mention trying to daze this character, trying to remove this character from the board. Well, I've got a couple of innate superpowers here that are going to kind of hinder that game plan a little bit. Right. The first is the innate superpower, bad luck. Characters cannot modify their attack dice when targeting Black Cat with attacks. I think that's a wonderful manifestation of her bad luck powers. I think this is a really nice superpower. Uh, Yeah, no rerolls into her, basically. And it doesn't keep you from putting damage on her. It just it just uh, kind of mitigates the consistency with which you can put damage on Black Cat. I think this is a good power. And the last, of course, is one of my favorite superpower, innate superpowers in the game. And it's stealth. Characters must be within range three of Black Cat to target it with attacks. We've seen it before. It's good. And of course, the other three cost long-moving stealth character we have in the game being Mystique, also a very powerful character. So, I don't yeah, know. Stealth is good. Do with that what you will. Well, there's also Viper. I was going to say there's Viper and there's also a uh, two-cost <laughs> agent uh, or two-cost widow. There's two-cost yeah. with stealth, but yeah, Miles too. But I mean, it's it's not a know. Fury's Finest episode without me getting in trouble somewhere. You're fine, Chris. I mean, you just, you just brought laser focus attention to poor Viper. But Chris is the poor thing. Hey, she's not bad, man. Uh, Yeah, Miles has stealth, though. Yeah, and Miles obviously we know is great. But I love the fact that she has no defensive tech in the way of reduction or rerolls or anything. She just has bad luck and stealth and an average health pool with no spikes at all. So you want to keep her in stealth. Absolutely. And then when she's attacked, you want to hopefully survive. And then immediately get out of there. So you're not taken out at the top of the next round or something, right? So there's a lot of her play pattern is going out of the fight and coming back in later and stealing or staggering someone and then going out of the fight again. 
She doesn't really do a lot of fighting. She doesn't really do a lot of securing, you know, in the game. She is sort of an extract runner and a character who gives out staggers. And that's a really cool role for her. And the theme is right because she can't really fight. And this iteration of the character they've AMG has given us. And that makes sense, but she can subdue characters and she can steal from them. <laughs> and obviously these are two awesome things in the game, especially the meta we're currently in. Oh yeah. Which is a big character meta at, at this very moment, which for, could change next month, like could change two months from now, but in a big character meta, black hat is very good with these staggers. And obviously on top of that, She's really good in the big character meta as well, because if you can't take those characters down, frequently I can't with shield, for instance, she can at least get in there, either give them a stagger or steal from them. Yeah. And then you're kind of, you're just ignoring that big character as much as you can, but you still mitigated the point swing of the big character. So really effective character for that. And I think she's a lot of fun, Chris. It's just a huge bummer that she has become so meta-defining, especially in a particular team, which we'll get to in a little while. <laughs> One team in particular. But what are your thoughts about Black Cat before we move on to, you know, of course, her tactics cards and affiliations, Chris? I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when suggesting that maybe Master Cat Burglar should take an action to do. I think mm. aside from there being no counterplay to stealing an asset token from her that she is an awesomely designed character and executed. I, I think she's a little overtuned in that one specific area, just because there's so little counterplay and the counterplay that there is takes a lot of resource investment hmm. to stop one three threat character. You know, I think that's a little tough. I think if that is, is fixed or corrected or, or whatever, I think she's perfectly balanced and, very good still. Yeah. And very fun and right on the nose with Absolutely. design. I mean, what a great character design wise. Yeah. I don't really know what the answer is with that. And maybe that's a discussion after dark. I, I don't know. The action thing might just kill her. It might just make her unplayable in, in a lot of situations. So I think a premium price for cat burglar maybe makes more sense at the end of the day. Cause she can still move away after, which makes a lot of sense with the theme of the character, but she couldn't like afford grappling hook for instance. I don't know. Time will tell. I do think she's a really interesting character and she's on a lot of teams in the game. So they shouldn't be too heavy with her, in my opinion, overall, but they should reward players playing her in her affiliations more than players playing her outside of affiliations. That's my biggest thing, you know, because that's a good point. That's the problem in this game. When, when models become a meta problem, they don't become a meta problem until they're splashed in every team. Right. And that's when it's obvious. So, but I also think models should always shine in their respective teams first, no matter what. I just think they should shine in that team. They should make the most sense in that team and you should be rewarded for being more thematically affiliated. Right. So if there's a way to do that, I would love that. And that leads us right to her tactics card, her tactic card, Chris, her only one. This is such a cool one. The cat and the spider. It's an unaffiliated active card. So of course it's unaffiliated. So you can play this on a team that black cat and Peter Parker are on. Cause yes, this is a double character card. If Peter Parker, so keep in mind, that's any version of Peter Parker now or in the future alter ego Peter Parker. So that could be corset four threat Peter Parker, or it could be the amazing Spider-Man Peter Parker is within range two of an allied black cat. Both characters may spend one power each to play this card, throw the allied black cat medium 
Black Cat does not suffer collision damage during this throw, so she gets a pounce for one turn. After the throw is resolved, Black Cat may immediately interact with any number of objective tokens without spending power. This last bit's a bit weird. Obviously, they have to be on the ground for her to do this. They could be on the ground after she collides into someone and does a pounce and dazes them, but that's kind of like pie in the sky stuff. Sure. But at the end of the day, this is like two power to make Black Cat get more mobility and get a free pounce. I think it's really cool. If you're playing Web Warriors, it's definitely worth considering because you're going to play these characters. And the theme is cool because look at the card art. Peter is launching her with a web line, you know, at an enemy, you know, (laughs) she's going to hit him really hard with a collision and then she's going to take something from them, you know, and then Peter's back there ready to follow up with the character. So it's good. Now, I do have a question on this, Jesse. Does this negate the need for spending power on pay to flips? Yeah, it does. Yeah. As long as you're there. Not a question. Yeah. Any number of objective tokens that she can reach, right? After the throw is resolved, right? So free pay to flip attempt and then maybe steal a token. Not bad. Not bad. It's a good way too to just like maybe just get a little bit more mobility too, right? Like this could be one of those things like Peter's way up on the map and you're at the back with Black Cat and you catch up to him and then they both spin one and Peter throws her another medium, right? And now she's way further than your opponent could have ever imagined because she might have long moved once and then medium throwed or maybe double long moved right or something to get to that position so very cool it's 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 more of a thematic card it's not a bad card it's just the web warriors are not hurting for good cards or generic cards that they have to use so it's one of those things she's not hurting for you know cards to kind of unlock her potential either right like you might save those cards for other members of your team like but maybe stronger cards and things like that. But it's a really cool card nonetheless. And the theme is on point. And once again, that sort of team they have, the teamwork they have that's kind of unconventional when they work together. But Chris, we got to talk about Black Cat's teams. She has a lot of them and it's super cool. So these are her affiliated teams we're about to talk about. And then we'll talk about maybe some spices, maybe a place or two that she could be splashed for fun. So starting with her first team, it's A-Force. And I do love this a lot because she's not adding to A-Force's attrition at all, you know? And A-Force is an attrition team, but she is hanging out, building power more as the game goes on from the A-Force leadership, and she's ready to grappling hook. She's ready to spend her attack to troublemaker someone and give them a stagger. She's ready to master Catburgler, potentially earlier in the game than another affiliation, right? Troublemaker only costs two. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with A-Force yeah. giving, giving her power... It's just going to unlock more staggers, more, you know, and like you said, being able to get that cat burglar off and and grappling hook out or even grappling hook in so you can double move out with a force. You're getting just more of everything you like about the kit on this character. Yeah, it's it's really strong. And I think too, maybe there's some really cool play with her in A Force, where it's just simply the fact you said, Chris, the stagger. Like you were using her as a person to stagger the most threatening model that can take She-Hulk off the board, because sometimes She-Hulk gets spiked and she's just gone. I've experienced that a lot playing She-Hulk. And you're putting staggers on these other big characters that She-Hulk's fighting. You're just completely negating their f- efficacy really and it's just with a three threat character and she hulk's getting more done because they're her big models she's fighting are inept really because they're always staggered so it's 
I think it's a very exciting way to use her. And I probably think it's probably the best part of her in A-Force is probably just getting off as many staggers as you can, you know? And then it's it's funny because it kind of feeds the A-Force like power trickle, which is, well, now they're annoyed at Black Cat because she's staggering everybody and they attack her. Well, now the rest of your A-Force got a bunch of power, right? And they're online. So it's this cyclical symbiotic thing. And it's funny because she's not adding to the attrition at all, but she is adding to the leadership because they either have to deal with her or they have to ignore her, neither one they like. So it's interesting. It is interesting because it, when piloted properly, if you just can't ignore Black Cat. She will, That's true. She will absolutely just decimate your entire I mean, economy <laughs> in this game. Well, I mean, yeah. really, I, she has potential, especially in 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 an affiliation like A Force, to kind of hang back for a couple turns, move in, you know, grappling hook in somewhere or position at the end of round two, and start off the top of round three by handing out two staggers, stealing an objective token, and you know, I mean, look, she can do a lot. That's all yeah, I'm trying can. to say. If she, if she has power, she can do a lot. And that leads us into another team where if she has power, she can do a lot. That's the Criminal Syndicate. Now, this is cool because it's obviously both leaderships, Kingpin and Matt Murdock, the Beast, Shadowland, Criminal Syndicate. So, you know, weirdly, she's not great in either team off of the leadership, but she is a great member of the team as an all-rounder to do the things we just talked about in A-Force, give out staggers, steal stuff. Meanwhile, the rest of your team is doing the kingpin thing. They're being bodies on points, you know, or they're doing the daredevil thing. They're shooting a lot of shots with rerolls and doing damage. Meanwhile, black cats skirting the edges and your opponent's not focused on them because they're focused on everyone on the kingpin team or everyone on the beast shadowland team. And she's just building power slowly in this format, but she'll eventually have power to do that master burglary or just stagger someone again, you know? Same sort of routine. So the theme's right too, Chris. I mean, we're, we're already down two teams and two teams that makes a lot of sense. She's on A-Force and CS. But talking about teams that she's on that are probably the most interesting, Midnight Suns. She's a member of the Midnight Suns. Yes, that means she can use the Siege of Darkness card. Not very good on her because she only has a four dice attack during their version of Wakanda Forever. And she's struggling to pay the power to do it. Yeah. She's saving her power for her superpowers. But find it very cool that she can still use that card with the team and cattle of the mobility in midnight suns right absolutely bump steal because you bumped right you were just out of range and yeah and if you've got power then you grappling hook and then you still have two actions double long move there we go yep absolutely it's it's pretty cool she doesn't fit the midnight suns as like seamlessly seamlessly like someone else would like maybe like a Danny who's a pretty mobile yeah. character as well, but he's bringing something else that she's not bringing still. It's really cool. And the theme is right. But Chris, that of course leaves us with her final team and team that makes a lot of sense for her. The web warriors. Absolutely. She's great under miles getting a one more defense dice reroll. Right. Yeah, and then just, just helps keep her alive. Yeah. And she's not even bad and amazing Peter's leadership because it's less about her spinning power to give the enemy slows. It's more about the rest of your Peter team giving people slows. And then she's, once again, doing the black cat thing, skirting the edges of the map, and the opponent is having a hard time getting to her. So she fits in both teams really well. Also, she is a web warrior, so she gets to participate in the all webbed up turn. And that strike you actually gets that. better, right? That pierce is more likely. And 
she just fits their play style, Chris. They they want to choose their fights at the correct times. They want to escape at the correct times and not fight. They want to kind of control the extracts over the opponent and then hopefully maintain parity on secures. She's good at all this, right? So it's one of those things that the reason Black Cat's so good is there's always something else going on with your team. And then she's on the edges, you know, getting ready to come in and steal and stuff. That's where it's problematic because that's why she's hard to deal with. And she's also hard to play correctly too, because you can't just put her out in the fight either. She'll just be gone. So there is an aspect of playing her right. But I just I do find it very cool, like in teams like the Web Warriors, where it's like she might come in late and stagger somebody or steal something late. And you were so busy dealing with Miles, which was great. You dealt with Miles. But now she's coming in and kind of picking up the slack, right? So I don't know. I find it very cool that she fits in that team. And yeah. she's fully. She's just automatic extract pressure. Just that's what it is. No matter what. Whatever team you splash her on, she is going to heavily, heavily influence your extract scoring. And, uh, you know, like I said, she just puts a lot of pressure there single-handedly, which allows you to maybe build out a little more towards a secure and, and maybe focus a little more on a secure with more more threat because your opponent's going to have to dedicate more than three threat to dealing with black cap. So. You know, as far as the resources game of MCP goes, she just really tilts things towards uh, you and the extract department. No, agreed completely, Chris. And closing out like we always do, talk about a couple places that she's fun to splash. You know, Spider Foes, just for the theme. She's not a Spider Foes member, but it's like she's worked with them a lot. And yeah, she gives them a little bit of extract play that's different. They're really good at extract play. I want to be very clear. It's one of their best features. But she can take an extract from a big character or stagger a big character and let them maintain their lead on extract play, right? So she's or, adding yeah, more even extract add play. to the lead, yeah, to just yeah. kind of negate the secure scoring. No, absolutely, and they're of course good at that as well. So that's my first place. I recommend trying her, and the theme is right too. So all you thematic players out here, I know there's a lot of you that listen to our show, and we're the, very similar. Like it's got to make sense sometimes for your team for the splashes. Makes perfect sense for that. Mystique Brotherhood, Chris, is my next recommendation. Oh, yeah. It just makes too much sense, right? It makes too much sense. You've got two stealth long movers. It's just (laughs) with an extract-oriented leadership, it is just... A little bit of economy for her with the Mystique leadership, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because she's so power-starved. Yep. I'm a big fan of the Freedom Force leadership. Absolutely. And uh, love it. Yeah, she's fantastic there. Somewhere that could be fun and strong, of course, is in humans because the fans to R&D every turn, you could literally pass power to her. She could be ready to steal very quickly, which is very scary. But also, you know, it gives them a little bit of stuff they don't have, which is this extract game, which they don't really have much of any of. They're kind of a secure team. So with the Inhumans having Quicksilver, and can I borrow that? And then you could bring in Black Cat. You really could shore up your extract issues with that team, which I find very cool. She is good in X-Men Gold. I've never played her in Gold. I know Chris has in the past a couple times in the TTS League and things like that. But hop with a long move. It's good stuff. Like It's the same reason why Gwen's, Gwen is amazing in X-Men Gold. There's just a lot of things that you can do with long moving characters with the hop you can't normally do. She also shores up some of the X-Men things they have where they can't 
they can't really steal objectives or do stuff like that. So she gives them that ability. Very good. And you could say the same with X-Force. X-Force is really a really good aggro team that kind of switches their early aggro and then they switch to kind of more attrition later as the game goes on. She brings something they just don't have at all, which is just pure objective extract focused play. Gives them a little bit of that. But got to talk about the elephant in the room while we're here, Chris, before we close out the episode. You know, the biggest issue with Black Cat in the game is... Yeah, she's a strong character that's a little tuned up. But really, it's her and one team in particular, Steve's Avengers, because the nature of the steel not being an action, the steel being fairly cheap for three, just being two and Steve every turn is a genuine problem in the game. It's it's a problem. And it's not a yeah. meta commentary. This is not a this is not a do this devs to fix the game. This is just this is her best splash team. For this reason, it might be her best team period. Yeah, it is I mean, her best team period. You're right. Being able to right. be able to steal something on turn two, and then again, and I'm, I'm talking without throwing an attack or oh. gaining power anywhere else. No advanced R and D. What the meta right. players are doing. I mean, they're well, of course. I'm line you advance R and D, and you just double long move her and steal whatever you want because right. with the long mover, you can get to any part of the table probably well, right and, and just, take what you want. Just being able to naturally do without any other power generation other than the power phase you're taking you're taking being able to do being able to steal a, Almost a token turn. from somebody from being able to do it twice a game to being able to do it three times a game uh just baseline that's yeah. without any extra power generation or anything which you're going to get and you mentioned advanced r d uh which example, could just yeah. make it can just make it nuts you know yeah you put her on hammers or something She's going to be scoring four points around. She's going to steal some stuff. Yeah. She's she's going to have the opportunity. Yeah. And it's going to take a lot of investment for your opponent to stop it. Way more than you have invested doing this. So she she it is a problem. Yes. And the and the problem is it too is Avengers have so many good tools that you're happy to take this incredible splash on top of your incredible Avengers. And what happens is, is she gets up on extracts with, with a bunch of steals. She runs away. You'll never catch her ever again. If it's a good player, they're always going to go the right way and stay in stealth. And then meanwhile, you've got Steve and Hulk and some other Avengers that are just keeping parity or with the secures or maybe even winning the secures Yeah, on top of her winning clearly the extract the whole game. Right? So you're just going to win through a matter of just the clock ticking. Right, and then even if dice go poorly for your Steve team and stuff, which they can't, they could. Black Cat will still be ahead in the extract, and you will still have a noticeable point lead up to that point, and you can kind of keep Absolutely. that clock ticking. Right. So, how do we fix this? I don't know. That's the devs to do, and I'm really excited for them to see what they do in the future for that. And you know, Chris, at the end of the day, I don't know even know if the Avengers theme makes any sense compared to these other splash teams we talked about. You know, so she applied to be an Avenger. Right. And was denied. That makes perfect sense there, that part. Yeah. So time will tell, but this is by far her best splash team. Though the ones I recommended, I think you should try out first. And you should have some fun maybe with her and spider foes and stuff like that. Yeah, Chris, this black cat, we could honestly splash her any team in the game. And it would shore up some of your extract things on certain extract crises that come up, right? So she is splashable everywhere. And... It's actually a pretty cool thing for a character like this that is not an A-string character, but clearly not like a C or D-string character. You know, I mean, it's just it's interesting we're at this point in the game right now because this will probably change in the future. But she is such a splashable character if you know the game well. 
That's the way I say it. I, I don't think you could splash her blindly if you're a new player, right? Sure. You're it, it takes bringing a, her on extracts that makes sense. It takes a level of understanding th- how MCP math works to understand how powerful that asset or civilian token steal is. And, and you know, that just comes with playing a few games. Um, so, yeah, it is pretty obvious how broken she is to to most folks after playing with her a couple of times or playing against her a couple of times. So it bums me out a little bit, but I do have faith in Atomic Mass to to make it right. They have not given us any reason to doubt them when it comes to that stuff. Certainly uh, not. Yeah. Publicly before. So, you know, until there is a reason, I will not. Yeah. And the spirit of the character is here and that's all that matters to me. So like agreed. It's still not doom and gloom for me at all because no, of that. And, and I don't mean to sound like it is. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I said it during, while we were talking about the character's kit. It's super thematic, man. It's great. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's this one little thing, you know? When I bring that up because I've played a lot of games competitively over my life and I've played a lot of board games, card games, miniatures games, and the models that always cause the most problems typically in metas and things like that, it's just some random character that has no lore or anything, and they just put a bunch of blanket Swiss Army knife abilities that are solid, right? And that's typically the character that causes problems because you're like, oh, it's you know werewolf number two that for some reason <laughs> can do everything, right? Right. And the fact that they nailed her as a character and that she's just good in this particular meta, I'm okay with that. And I think they will look at her in the future just like they did Enchantress. And Enchantress had similar issues with the stealing. They fixed all that. No concerns. And I just hope that she still shines in her teams, in particular Web Warriors, A-Force, you know, even Midnight Suns and stuff in the future. We'll see how the game changes. And those players are still rewarded. But maybe these Steve players splashing her and every player under the sun splashing her, like a Malekith Cabal team, for instance, that that's not rewarded as much. And that's the fine line we live in this game, where we have the amazing ability to play any model we've put time and paint into into any team and it's our best feature of our game and probably the hardest thing to balance in any miniatures game that's ever existed so hats off to amg keeping us this solid for this long <laughs> it's pretty amazing so good job guys play black Hat because she is a lot of fun and i think the most fun of her is that sort of it's less about the steel and make your opponent feel bad it's more about skirting those edges of the battlefield with that long move and stealth and grappling hook and like feeling like the cat burglar she is where she can't be attacked and then choosing your your fights when you're ready like choosing to come in and stagger someone to move out and stuff like that she plays very different because of that reason i love that so just try it out Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Find us online, find the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, collaborations, etc. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or others. It really helps us out. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our show's music. Please help spread the word, rate, review, subscribe. Spotify folks, thank you so much. We see it and we we love you for it. Just keep it up, guys. The game is growing. The pod is growing. Let's let's keep the community growing in a positive fashion. Yeah, everything's growing for the game. It's, It's absolutely incredible. So you guys are really helping that happen by your listens, by your reviews, and by your sharing of the show. Hopefully we get more people to play MCP, and we all just have this awesome community that continues to grow. Of course, you can find Chris and I online. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And of course, more importantly, you can find me on Discord at Fury's Finest. 
Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Um, you know, for now. Well, this has been a fun episode, Chris. It's We didn't mention it in today's episode, but obviously we're still kind of closing out our criminal syndicate foray and we're about to start something new which is very exciting and you know black cat was one of those ones that kind of fell on the line of like well she's criminal syndicate she's also web warrior you know like but we haven't covered her yet she's one of the criminals we haven't covered so it made a lot of sense for her to pop in right here and we're going to kind of keep these character episodes going in the coming weeks continue in this sort of format where we have characters that make sense together for you guys so we hope you enjoyed that part and we hope you guys enjoyed us doing this like criminal stint for some time and we've yeah, had a lot of other stuff going of, it's on it's been fun a lot of these are characters chris that like you and i personally really like so it's been really fun too like it's been really fun to talk about shadow and daredevil and electra and omega red and black cat like a lot of characters that you know we both really like i mean we're not yeah man you and i typically aren't massive villain people myself especially these are villains i like because a lot of them are anti-heroes <laughs> You know, and I love myself a good anti-hero that fluctuates between an anti-hero and a villain. Really, if it's done right, Electra Black Cat, Matt Murdock has had his bad stint. You know, there's cool stories here. One hundred percent, great, great settings for stories. Great characters that have a lot of different stories you can tell with them. Uh, you know, darker stories than you know, maybe your Spider-Man or your Superman. Even, even I mean, they get dark sometimes, but not. They do not. Not to the same extent that you can with these anti-heroes and things. So, yeah, it's it's really been fun. It's really been interesting. Uh, I think I think I enjoyed doing the Craven the most. Oh yeah, it's been some time, but yeah, that was fun. It has been, but I, I really I enjoyed I enjoyed the Craven episode. Yeah, doing our Spider Foes was just a blast earlier this year, and you know we're gonna cover all this very soon on our. 2020 in review one of our favorite episodes to do um come january we'll be doing that looking back at the year and we still got a bunch of stuff planned for you guys to kind of close this year out and have fun and just talk about keep on our path with the show but also we got some other stuff planned on the side especially for you after dark listeners it's it's great chris i'm just very happy right now and um i feel a little bit spoiled because it's like i think we're talking about this in the patron discord recently so excuse me patrons repeating myself but i feel a little bit spoiled because we're about to get this mini mutant wave blob pyro logan Sabretooth, weapon x affiliation logan's motorcycle of course got to include that but then no, we're don't. also getting it seems like now we're getting a couple waves at the front of the year of spider foes and i'm just like oh okay so yeah i was gonna say your heart must be torn yeah it's it's I, my heart is full and um and i'm also very sad because holidays are a very financially tight time of the year yeah, they're so rough some some of this is gonna have to wait but spider-man universe mutant universe of course everyone knows those are my number ones and to get characters from those that i really like on top of that i'm looking at you like logan and i'm looking at potentially some of these spider foes we're going to get coup de gras here you know i'm just very happy so it's it's very exciting and it also paves the way for what amg said we're gonna get next year i said more spider foes more mutants more web warriors and a bunch of stuff that we haven't talked about so it's like they gave us confirmations of spider foes getting filled out the web warriors getting filled out the mutants getting filled out very excited about all of these things i know and then they but then they also said if you guys aren't fans of that stuff there's a bunch of other stuff that we haven't even talked about that we won't mention yet but 2023 is gonna be a great year so just happy top of that playing lvo late january yeah, so i'll be competing i'm gonna hope to be there keeping my seat and uh hopefully playing well so it's gonna it's it's just a great end to the year and so like 
come February, it'll be like a new year for me. Like, of course, as a competitive player, but also just like our reset for the podcast and stuff. Like January is kind of our reset time and just looking forward to February onward. But we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's been really fun. Until next time. Thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 